Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Wednesday, March 8th, 2023 reading of Regional Travel. My name is Don Dean. Today we'll be reading three articles, all from the Denver Post's The No section. First, Family-Friendly Colorado Getaways Where You Can Unplug and Relax by Sarah Kuda, February 28th. Then, less than six hours from Denver, this trippy town should be on everyone's bucket list by Mindy Sink, March 5th. And finally, the 15 least visited national parks by Marnie Hunter, March 7th. We begin from the Denver Post's The No section with... Family-Friendly Colorado Getaways Where You Can Unplug and Relax by Sarah Kuda, February 28th. At the end of a long day of Zoom meetings, Slack, and text messages, and catchy TikTok songs stuck in your head, you may be tempted to gather all of your electronic devices and toss them in the trash. Vanquishing screen time need not be so dramatic. Unplugging from technology can be a battle especially for teens and tweens. But with a little foresight and planning, it's possible to enjoy a getaway that's devoid of digital distractions. It's even easier to do in Colorado than elsewhere. Our abundant wilderness is the perfect antidote to all those addictive devices. So, before you unplug the Wi-Fi, consider getting away for a few tech-free days in one of these Colorado destinations. The first is Silverton. Silverton's remoteness is part of its appeal. You'll feel so far removed from your day-to-day routine that you'll easily break the habit of constantly refreshing your inbox or mindlessly scrolling reels on Instagram. The towering San Juan Mountains are a low-tech playground for your family or friends group. Zip around the region's many snowmobiling trails, which are groomed by the Silverton Snowmobile Club. Try cross-country skiing, ice skating, sledding, tubing, and skiing at Kendall Mountain Ski Area. If your crew includes expert skiers, test your mettle on the advanced lift-accessible backcountry terrain at Silverton Mountain Ski Area, which you can rent out for yourself. The bunk bed suites at the Wyman Hotel are ideal for families and small groups of friends. They offer a king bed with twin extra-long bunks lofted above. The boutique hotel is cozy, with just 15 guest rooms and intentionally low-tech. You won't find TVs in the rooms or in the main lounge, which means there's more time for chatting and playing board games. Larger groups can book the hostel-inspired bunk room, which includes all the luxurious amenities offered throughout the rest of the hotel. Rooms from $210, bunks $75. Next on the list are Crested Butte and Gunnison. The snow and terrain at Crested Butte Mountain Resort are reason enough to make the four-hour trek from the Front Range, but the Gunnison Valley offers multiple activities for families seeking time together. Wander Crested Butte's charming downtown, go ice fishing in Gunnison, ride snowmobiles near Elmont, and enjoy serene cross-country skiing and snowshoeing throughout the valley. There are plenty places to stay, but the Scarp Ridge Lodge, an old saloon that's been transformed into a seriously cushy vacation rental in downtown Crested Butte, is worth a serious look.
With five king rooms and a bunk room, complete with seven bunk beds, there's room for everyone to spread out and unwind. Who needs YouTube when you have an indoor saltwater pool, steam room, sauna, and indoor and outdoor hot tubs to enjoy? In the morning, after a chef-prepared breakfast, hop into a custom-designed snowcat and follow experienced guides through more than a thousand acres of powder near Irwin that are open exclusively to the lodge's guests. For a more off-the-beaten-path stay, book a few nights at the Taylor River Lodge in Almont. This cozy remote lodge is the perfect place to catch up on reading, experience the rejuvenating bliss of snowshoeing through the woods, take a cooking class, or sip cocoa by the fireplace. Be prepared, because you never know when Crested Butte will get an infamous snow dump. Rates vary for these properties, but expect to pay up to a thousand dollars a day. Yes, a thousand dollars, which includes food and most activities. Closer to Denver and out of the mountains is Golden. If you're short on time but still need a getaway, consider a long weekend in Golden. Feel the winter sun on your face while snowshoeing or fat tire biking in the foothills. Then take a trip back in time at the American Mountaineering Museum, the Colorado Railroad Museum, which offers Polar Express train rides, or the Golden History Museum. Your kids will have so much fun they won't realize they're learning something on vacation. Kick back at the Eddie Hotel and Tap Room, which offers a two-bedroom corner suite with a king bed, queen bed, twin bunk, and a sofa sleeper. No struggles over who has to share a bed. The junior suite features two queen beds topped by two lofted twin bunks, an ideal setup for telling stories late into the night. Cost from about one hundred fifty-five dollars. Then back in the mountains are Aspen and Snowmass. Take a break from screens and immerse yourself in arts and culture in the Roaring Fork Valley. Aspen's new Resnick Center for Herbert Bayer Studies, which opened this summer on the grounds of the Aspen Institute, explores the life and legacy of the prolific Bauhaus artist who helped shape the city's post-war revitalization. Come in from the cold and admire the artwork at Aspen's twenty or so private galleries, then venture to Snowmass for a hands-on workshop or a lecture at Anderson Ranch Art Center, which is also home to a beautiful sculpture garden. For a splurge, stay at the Aspen Street Lodge, a thoughtfully designed property that seamlessly blends the privacy of a vacation rental with all the amenities of a hotel. Located downtown. The lodge can accommodate up to 32 guests and features a rooftop heated pool and hot tub, an outdoor grill and pizza oven, a game room, and more than 3,000 square feet of outdoor terraces offering views of the mountains and the city's charming neighborhoods. A dedicated experience manager can create a custom itinerary for your family, with options ranging from paragliding to a private abstract painting lesson. Prices for staying at the Aspen Street Lodge? Well, let's just say, if you have to ask what it costs, you probably shouldn't think about staying there. Groups also feel right at home at the ideally situated Limelight Hotels in both Aspen and Snowmass. 
Decorated with bold colors and fun modern decor, the two sister properties offer casual family-friendly amenities like hearty breakfast buffet, gear rentals, outdoor pools and hot tubs, shuttles, and cozy lounges for warming up after a day on the slopes. High prices in Aspen put you off? New restaurants and snow masks provide plenty of reasons to stay put after dark. Cost at the limelight from about $240. Moving west, we have Grand Junction and Palisade. Unlike many Colorado destinations, Grand Junction doesn't tend to draw crowds when the temperature drops, but the region still offers plenty of winter activities that can help you recharge your batteries. Ski or snowboard at Powderhorn Mountain Resort, explore the cross-country ski and snowshoe trails atop the Grand Mesa, zoom around on snowmobiles, glide on ice skates, or soak up the region's quiet serenity while ice fishing. The area maintains a blissfully relaxed, laid-back vibe year-round. Hotel Maverick, located on the scenic campus of Colorado Mesa University, welcomes groups and families. School-themed decor is everywhere, from the historic newspaper clippings on the walls to the cocktails developed by the university's trustees on the menu at Devil's Kitchen, the hotel's modern fourth-floor restaurant offering views of the Grand Valley. Cost from about $140. In neighboring Palisade, the peach trees and grapevines may be dormant, but adults can still sip Colorado wines in the region's many coasting tasting rooms, sample spirits at local distilleries, and enjoy sunny winter hiking and biking. Book a block of rooms at Spoken Vine, a renovated roadside motel with modern amenities and nostalgic charm. Cost from about $130. Then finally on our list is Granby. With rustic private cabins and spacious lodge rooms, Snow Mountain Ranch is ideal for groups and multi-generational families who want to ditch the screens and immerse themselves in nature. Part of YMCA of the Rockies, this 5,000-acre property in Grand County offers a wide range of winter activities for every skill and comfort level, including cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, and dog sledding. This setup gives families and groups lots of flexibility. One crew may decide to go ice skating, while another takes a ski-joring lesson, or learns a new craft. Then everyone can meet up later and share stories from the day's outing. Cost from about $110. Though you could spend a week at Snow Mountain Ranch and not get bored, there are also ample activities to check out in Granby, Tabernash, Fraser, and Winter Park. Skiers and snowboarders can hit the slopes at Winter Park Resort, voted best ski area in the U.S. by USA Today readers last year, and Granby Ranch, another ski area near Granby, while thrill-seekers may want to explore the area's 1,000 miles of snowmobile trails. Snowshoeing, ice fishing, sledding, tubing, sleigh rides, fat biking, wildlife spotting, and tons of other cold-weather adventures are great for reconnecting IRL. That is, in real life, not via a screen. Next from the Denver Post The Know, we have, Less than six hours from Denver, this trippy town should be on everyone's bucket list. Spring break is a great time for a quick trip to Santa Fe and all of its experiences. By Mindy Sink, March 5, 2023.
Santa Fe calls itself the city different in New Mexico's land of enchantment, but could it change you into a different person while visiting? Less than six hours by car from Denver, Santa Fe is close enough for a weekend away or for spring break without a long flight. Yet, this small city is like a world away from the Front Range in terms of the vibe and activities. From art to a transformational retreat, there are many mind-altering or trippy options to consider on your next excursion to Santa Fe. It begins with Meow Wolf Museums and More Attractions. The phenomenon that's Meow Wolf started in a former bowling alley in Santa Fe. Although I've been to this original location before, as well as the one in Denver, I was happy to return because, although the original exhibition and story inside are constant, the space allows for new artists and their installations. That means the experience can be fresh for repeat visitors. The immersive and interactive art experience, with a complicated backstory, differs significantly from location to location. So even if you've been to the Denver location, it's worth a visit here. My tip, get those 3D glasses they offer before you enter, so you can really appreciate the neon space by artist Lauren Y.S., a.k.a. Squid Licker. Drawing on the artist's Asian-American heritage, the room is like a psychedelic prayer room with a portal entry from the main room. Look for the buttons on either side of the wheel across from the portal to get it spinning, and then put on your glasses so your eyes can play tricks on your brain. Two other artists, Jacob Fisher and Virgil Ortiz, have new rooms nearby. Ortiz is from the Cochiti Pueblo south of the city, and his installation pulls from his Native American background. Pause to watch the video here of a dystopian future during the Pueblo Revolt. Fisher's art takes you into the realm of outer space with a capsule you can climb inside. Our favorite room was just beyond these, and one that I missed on my first visit. The Laser Harp. Like entering a haunted house through heavy black flaps, you find yourself in a dark room illuminated by red beams of light that emit sound when you run your fingers through the beams. It was mind-bending and delightful, and hard to leave. Remember that Meow Wolf is a timed entry experience, so make your reservations in advance. For a more traditional puzzle, visit the Loretto Chapel just off the main plaza downtown. Santa Fe has several lovely churches, including the San Miguel Chapel, my favorite, which lays claim to being the oldest church in the nation. But the Loreto Chapel might be the most visited for a peek at its mysterious staircase. The legend is that no one knows who built the beautiful, curving wooden staircase in the late 1800s, or how it's supported with only wooden pegs. Another favorite is the Museum of International Folk Art up on Museum Hill. The permanent collection of miniature worlds from dozens of countries and cultures is appealing to all ages with scenes of bullfighting, tea parties, desserts, heaven and hell, and so much more. Also on display at this museum for this year is La Cartania Mexicana, or the Mexican art of paper and paste. While the materials seem so simple, paper, paste, and paint. The results are brilliant and colorful, 
but also mind-blowing, with life-size and larger figures from myths and the Day of the Dead celebrations. I've come to appreciate the curatorial style at Site Santa Fe, part of the city's vibrant Rail Yard Arts District. On this trip, we saw two installations by Mexican artist and social activist Pedro Reyes that involved repurposing guns into shovels or musical instruments. Direct action will be on display through May 8th. Just across the street is Tai Modern, T-A-I Modern, a gallery devoted to bamboo arts. It's mind-boggling what could be made from this one plant. You may want to tie your visit to this neighborhood before an evening on the Sky Railway, a murder mystery train ride called Death Cookie. It's another chance to use your smarts to solve a sci-fi mystery, but also while enjoying a meal and taking in the desert scenery. Reserve your spot well ahead of time, of course. If you're craving some time outdoors and the weather is favorable, make the short drive out to the La Cienaguilla Petroglyph site for a brief hike up to hundreds of ancient petroglyphs etched into the Mesa Cliffs. There's a small parking lot at this Bureau of Land Management site, but no facilities. Follow the trail toward the cliffs, then go left and look for the low markers on the path that will take you to an opening in the fence before you scramble uphill to see what looks like musicians and animals and squiggles, but really cool and meaningful ones pecked into the rocks. Remember to look with your eyes, not with your hands, and leave no trace here. What's trippy here? Figuring out how the pictures got here and what they meant to the Karasan-speaking people between the 13th and 17th centuries. Probably the trippiest thing you can do in Santa Fe these days is the transformation experience at 10,000 Waves, the famed Japanese-style spa in the foothills above the city. In addition to some hot soaks and a massage, participants can take ketamine with a licensed medical provider and tour guide for their psychedelic journey. Of course, it's still an option to stay here and simply enjoy some soaks, spa treatments, and meals at the spa's restaurant, Izanami, and feel transformed by the relaxing energy without any psychedelics. Even if you can't get a room, book a retreat or schedule a massage at 10,000 Waves, or just visit and shop in the gift store to get a feel for the chill ambience here. Back in town, the Inn of the Five Graces recently started offering non-lodging guests a chance to book spa treatments. If you can't stay in one of their eccentrically decorated rooms with elaborate tile scenes, Middle Eastern artifacts, and southwestern touches, then the spa will give you a glimpse into this one-of-a-kind place. Just looking around at the various cultures represented in the design here is kind of trippy. Inside the spa at the inn, check out the 18-inch thick original adobe walls that have been left exposed so you see the straw and mud peeking out from behind Asian statues like a figure of Ganesh and underneath the blue lapis stone ceiling. The article's final section takes us, like many articles about Santa Fe do, to food, specifically blue corn everything. Move over Christmas-style chili. Blue corn is increasingly becoming a trend on menus here. It's not that blue corn is new. 
In fact, it's just the opposite. But each time I visit Santa Fe, I find more dishes that use blue corn, an ingredient that doesn't seem to be widely used outside of New Mexico. For example, whose donuts, who spelled W-H-O-O, whose donuts is known for its blue corn blueberry lavender donuts, blue corn donut holes, and a seasonal raspberry chipotle blue corn donut. Go early because they do sell out. Guests at the Inn of the Five Graces can choose surprisingly light and fluffy blue corn pancakes with pinion butter for breakfast. You can also find blue corn pancakes at a few other restaurants around town. At La Choza, one of the city's most popular restaurants, chefs make taquitos, tostadas, enchiladas, tacos, and burritos with soft or crispy blue corn tortillas. Do yourself a favor and make a reservation here. Or, if you have the time, sign up for a class at the Santa Fe School of Cooking, where you can learn how to make blue corn and green chili muffins and pinion butter for yourself. Trippy is defined as relating to or suggestive of a trip on psychedelic drugs. I'd argue that any experience that expands your way of thinking or makes you question what you're seeing or tasting could also be described as trippy. And Santa Fe has many mind-expanding options. We'll finish today with a taster from an article on the 15 least visited national parks in the U.S. It's from the CNN Wire Service, March 7, 2023, by Marnie Hunter. America's least visited national park is quite a distance from mainland U.S. shores, almost 5,000 miles away, in fact. The National Park of American Samoa in the South Pacific is the only National Park Service site south of the equator. In 2022, it had just 1,887 visits. The National Park stretches over three islands with tropical rainforests, volcanic slopes, pristine beaches, and thousands of acres of marine habitat, and it's interwoven with a rich culture. In keeping with the meaning of the word Samoa, Sacred Earth, the park helps protect Fa'a Samoa, the customs, beliefs, and traditions of the 3,000-year-old Samoan culture, the park's website says. The island park is far from the only uncrowded NPS site. Nearly 400 of the 424 National Park Service sites count visitors, and three-quarters of all visits are to just 64 sites, so there are lots of less-visited spots to explore. Alaska's national parks are some of the least visited for a good reason. They're hard to get to, said Peter Christian, chief of public and legislative affairs in the National Park Service's Alaska region. With more and more travelers heading out for the busy spring and summer seasons, the least visited national parks have a lot to offer those who venture off the most well-worn paths. Here's a brief rundown. The 15th least visited national park is... Pinnacles in California. Then working through the list, number 14 is Voyageurs National Park in Minnesota, Guadalupe Mountains National Park in Texas, Congaree National Park in South Carolina, Virgin Islands National Park in the U.S. Virgin Islands, Great Basin National Park in Nevada, Dry Tortugas National Park in Florida, Wrangell St. Elias National Park and Preserve in Alaska, 
Katmai National Park and Preserve, also in Alaska, North Cascades National Park in Washington, Isle Royale National Park in Michigan, Lake Clark National Park and Preserve in Alaska, Kubuk Valley National Park in Alaska, Gates of the Arctic National Park and Preserve again in Alaska, and finally, number one on the least visited list, National Park of American Samoa. We'll revisit this list in more detail in a future episode. Thank you for joining us for Regional Travel. My name is Don Dean. Welcome to 2023 Talks, where we are following our democracy in historic times. In Ohio, we set the example for other states to follow in many ways with the way that we run elections. Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose says elections in his state are safe and secure. Still, LaRose has threatened to withdraw Ohio from a national system to ensure accurate voter lists and prevent voter fraud. Election officials in Florida, Missouri, and West Virginia have already announced they will leave the bipartisan-run program this week. Former President Trump is encouraging all GOP-led states to follow suit. Members of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus will meet with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas after reports the Biden administration could reinstate a migrant family detention policy. Representative Luis Gutierrez of Illinois calls it un-American. You should not be punished after you've already been punished because there is no protection in the country you are fleeing from. Democrats criticized the previous administration for instating the policy, calling it inhumane. Gigi Sohn, President Biden's pick to head the Federal Communications Commission, has withdrawn her nomination after a more than year-long lobbying battle to block her appointment. I believe deeply that regulated entities should not choose their regulator. Sohn cited unrelenting attacks on her character as the reason. President Biden has proposed new taxes on the wealthy to help fund Medicare, saying it would help extend the insurance program's solvency by 25 years. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says Biden will not raise taxes on incomes below $400,000. And he will not cut benefits for any seniors, but he will make sure Medicare is there for people who earned it through their work. Biden's proposed Medicare changes are part of a larger budget plan to be released later this week. Fox News host Tucker Carlson has released the first installment of never-before-seen footage from the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The tape that we reviewed from within the building on that day proves it was neither an insurrection nor deadly. Lawmakers from both parties have condemned House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's decision to give Carlson exclusive access to the footage without full vetting by Capitol Police. California Governor Gavin Newsom says his state will no longer do business with the pharmacy chain Walgreens following its recent announcement that it will not sell abortion pills in some states where abortion is still legal. Grateful I represent a state that's fighting for freedom, fighting for reproductive rights. Meanwhile, Florida Republicans have introduced legislation to ban abortion after six weeks into a pregnancy, a time when many women don't yet know they are pregnant. And Democrat Jennifer McClellan was sworn in Tuesday, making her the first black woman to represent Virginia in Congress. I'm Catherine Carley for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Did you know that vapes and e-cigarettes may not be as safe as you think? 
It is not harmless water vapor. The aerosol emitted from e-cigarettes is a mix of chemicals that may cause harm to human bodies. This includes nicotine, nanoparticles, heavy metals, and flavorings known to cause respiratory disease. It is not an FDA-approved cessation device. E-cigarettes are not approved for cessation of cigarettes at this time. Only approved nicotine products with counseling have been proven to help people quit all tobacco products for good. E-cigarettes are not regulated. At this time, there are no standard regulations for e-cigarette products. This means that the exact ingredients or how they are made are unknown. Nicotine is present in almost all products. Though some products may claim to be nicotine-free, no regulation means there is no way to show that these claims are true. Also, there are still chemicals in e-liquids that may be harmful to the human body. Nicotine is addictive. Using tobacco products has been considered a nasty habit for too long. The truth is that nicotine in tobacco products is addictive. It can change biology and, if left untreated, can last a lifetime. Nicotine can harm the developing brain. The brain is still developing until about the age of 25. Nicotine can disrupt brain development and cause impulsive behaviors and difficulty focusing. When young people use nicotine, they are susceptible to a lifetime of addiction. Flavors attract kids. Though some adults may enjoy using products flavored like cotton candy or gummy bears, many of the e-liquids are meant to taste like childhood favorites of young people. Big tobacco plays a role. Big tobacco companies who have a history of putting sales above safety own shares of many vape companies. This message was brought to you by the Tri-County Health Department. For more information, please visit tchd.org/esigs. Support for AINC programming comes from Westminster Human Services.